This show may contain strong language and sexual content. If you're a minor looking for information or help without all the grown-up stuff, visit our website at mygayagendapodcast.com for resources. This episode contains discussion of social isolation, the topic of sexuality, colonialism, and food. It also contains discussions about the LGBTQIA community, but you probably figured that out already. It's right in the title. Monday, we're super gay. Tuesday is also gay. Wednesday is still pretty gay. And Thursday, I have a night class. Friday, we continue to be gay. Saturday is the gayest day. Sunday, yeah, it's still gay, but we also record a podcast. Ah, shit. What is it Jen says? Oh, man. (laughs) Hold on. I am lost without them. Hello and welcome to My Gay Agenda, an interview podcast where we interview the queer community and plan our world domination. My name is CJ and I'm flying solo as the one co-conspirator here to um, try to figure out whatever it is cisgender heterosexual people are trying to do. Um, I am not alone today per se as Anne is in the room with me. Uh, but Jen is, as far as I could, t- uh, they've been a little secretive about it, but it seems like they're doing some undercover uh, research within like the cishet community. Didn't give me many details so far, but I'm going to keep an eye out um, and, you know, Godspeed to her. Um, so I'm, I'm here with Anne by myself, but Anne and I are just going to hang out for today. So hello, Anne. Hi there. How, how are you feeling today? A little bit nervous. It's going to be... Uh... For personal reasons, a really dramatic week for me. So oh. I'm excited. Yeah. All right. We love a dramatic week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have a lot of those. I My entire week this week is every single day I have something to do after work late at night, like across the board. That That's going to add up very quickly. Oh, yeah. No, no. I'm not excited about it. That's just, <laughs> that's just the reality of it. Um, but... We did get ice cream before the recording, so mm-hmm. we're just sitting here eating ice cream and drinking soda, so... Yeah. I mean, I am ace, and as a result, it is known that we like our foods and we like our sweets. So it seemed like the appropriate way to set the tone for today. I'm Yeah, I'm feeling it. Like, we're just... It's it's very sweet indeed. <laughs> what, what type of uh, soda? It's like a... Um, um, so it was called the... Uh, I'm a bit of a soda jerk and soda fountain nerd. Right. Um, so soda jerking refers to specifically the action in which you pull the soda water. And I did not realize term. that was a term. Oh, yeah. Soda jerk. All it's right. not dirty. It's the technical term. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just didn't realize there was a term for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so the uh, jerk special of the day uh, was what they called peach rings. So it was an almond... Peach, raspberry, and one other, I think, grape, but I'm not quite sure, mix. It tastes really good. <laughs> Listeners, you're just going to have to imagine that. It, uh, I'll send the flavor to you. All right. Uh, I, I mean, if yeah. you can imagine the candy peach rings, but toned down in sweetness a little yeah. bit. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Uh, so tell us about you. I am an arrow ace assumed cisgendered woman at this point, um, medical professional, uh, game designer, social advocate, 
list continues. I have done a little bit of very, very many things. You can take multitudes of, like, we're talking about stuff to uh, uh, discuss on the uh, podcast, and you're like, oh, I do tabletop games, and, like, I'm a doctor, and it's like, oh, well, not yet, not, not, yet, not yet. yet, yeah, working yeah. on it, working on working it. Working on it, <laughs> yeah. Whereas people ask me my hobbies, and I'm like, I do theater, and? I've done that, too. Yeah, so you got that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you also have my job, which is great. <laughs> do you also do podcasting? Are you just stealing my life? Um, I don't do podcasting simply because I am not a fan of editing. I like There's a lot of that. Things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I at this point don't have the patience to get every sound bite exactly right, which I have seen enough of it to know it's a lot. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, so, uh, can you lead me on your queer journey vis-a-vis your um, ace and arrow uh, identities? Yeah, so for me, I originally figured out I was asexual in, I believe, 10th grade. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was hanging out with some friends and we were just goofing off after blues dancing And someone, when I was, like, trying to figure out, because I knew I didn't interact with people the way that it was assumed that college kids would. Mm -hmm. And someone dropped the term demisexual, which was the closest thing I had at the time. It wasn't the most accurate. um, And it does get somewhat complicated because I am technically sexually fluid but always on the ace spectrum so it becomes it's the reason why I identify as asexual and not all the nitty-gritty is because that just overall defines my experience better than any other word I've seen Mm -hmm. um but yeah I had that and it made a lot of sense that I was asexual following my assumption in high school that I was going to get married for convenience for tax purposes. Mm. And if you can start to hear married for tax purposes and tax benefits is interesting, specifically when I, it was only about two years ago, I figured out I was aromantic as well. And it made a lot of sense because what elementary school student thinks about marriage as a purpose for tax benefits like you were thinking this back in elementary school yes distinctly in second and third grade i wanted to get married for the tax benefits were people telling you about all the great tax benefits of marriage at in a elementary school not particularly i just knew that there was any benefit whatsoever i don't even know how i got my hands on this information Mm. um Because it was a while ago, but I somehow found out that uh, I think it had to do with government feels more secure with people following this very typical model Mm -hmm. of what a relationship should look like Mm -hmm. because it's easier to control. Right. (laughs) And so as a result, somehow someone who wasn't even 10 years old got their hands on, oh, the government likes it and gives you more money. I'm going to do it. Yes. 
Yeah. Um, Third grade and already in the grift. Love it. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, I, I, there were moments in elementary school where I didn't understand what a crush was. I assumed it was a thing that you had based off of media. So mm. I picked the most aesthetically attractive boy in my class each year and assigned them the label of my crush. Mm. No feelings whatsoever, but I was like, oh yeah, this is a thing that I have because I've seen it on the Disney Channel. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so it definitely was interesting going through school with this kind of foundation of just not being sexually or romantically attracted. Um, and then through the process having lost friends because I couldn't reciprocate feelings that I couldn't even understand. Mm. Um, and it's one of those things that people say they weren't really good friends if they weren't respecting your boundaries anyway or if they were trying to force you into something that met their needs and not yours. But it doesn't change the fact that the repetition of being alienated and isolated in society from people that you cared about because of a sexuality, it's unpleasant. Yeah, like you you hope to be around people who... Um even if like they have a f like a feeling toward you and you're like mm -hmm. not not where not the path i see our relationship going in particular that they would at least still want to be in your life in some capacity or like mm -hmm. respect who you are as a person at the very least i i'm trying to even find the words to just communicate how it takes away your own ability to you slowly feel like you're losing control in your own life um, mm. yeah. uh, I mean in hindsight everything worked out yeah um, but yeah it's definitely a problem because in a culture that hypersexualizes everything not being able to interact with that is extremely alienating and then you end up adding in the fact that there's burly education as well that this is a thing um so you i've heard this multiple times from professionals who have dealt with these patients where they have people coming in for either marriage counseling or personal counseling and because they don't have asexual as a term, you have 50, 60, 70 year olds who think there's something fundamentally wrong with them mm. because they don't know that their experience is acceptable. Yeah, I, um, there's a lot of hashtag discourse on the internet in terms of like asexuality and aromantic being uh, in the uh, queer community. And I, I have pretty publicly stated several times that I do very much feel like it has a place in the community, like, because any deviation from, like, the cisnormative heterosexual ideals of, like, the trajectory of one's life and, like, how they interact with the world is queering that expectation. Um, so it always baffles me whenever people are like, oh, well, like, just because ace people, like, don't want to have sex. And it's like, that's 
you're just misunderstanding, like, how intrinsic that is in society. And also just the assumption there's a difference between not wanting to have sex, which is an action, Mm -hmm. and then not having sexual attraction, which is a fundamental wiring. Cognitively. I identify as a behavioral cognitivist, so I'm still trying to figure out how to best explain this. Mm -hmm. Um, Because there is a logic there, and unfortunately one of the recurrent issues I've found with discussing ace and aero identity is we lack vocabulary. And so as a result, we end up having to use fundamentally sexually or romantically coded language in order to describe an experience without such coding. Mm. Do you have an example of that? Um, So I think one of the easier examples to talk about Mm -hmm. is when we talk about different kinds of attraction. Okay. Um, So it's one of those things that are slowly being built up over time now that the discourse is opening up a little bit. Most people have a very difficult time separating sexually, sexual and romantic attraction mm-hmm. because for so many people, the two are lined up specifically. And that is, I'm going to start over because that's just like too complicated to get into. That's okay. I mean, you're just talking about the fact that we don't have vocabulary for this and then we're trying to explain it on an audio platform with exclusively yeah. words. There's going to be stuff where, like, somebody tries to explain to me, like, or somebody asks me to explain, like, what my gender identity is. And I'm like, I just have this mood board. It has colors. That is a good parallel. Um, But no, it's actually, I think, the word asexuality in of itself. um, Personally, I do believe that it is asexuality. um, But there is discussion within the community of if it should be even labeled as such or Mm -hmm. not. Um, And so you have issues with the terminology used to even describe the umbrella in the first place of is this accurate or not. And then from there, when you describe it, you specifically are pointing towards people, hey, here is a thing that you experience that I don't understand, but you experience. Mm Mm-hmm. And now imagine not having that. And most of the time, people end up looking at a lack of things and all they see is a hole. Mm. Like, so what do you do with all of that? And it's like if we were to look at all of the ways we interact with the world as a garden, you have fruits, you have your fruit trees, you have your vegetables, you have your flowers. Now, let's just say you didn't grow flowers. It's not like you aren't utilizing the ways you can be social in different ways. Mm-hmm. You're just not growing flowers. You're growing more vegetables or you have more fruit trees. Mm. It's not a lack of anything. It's just pointing things in a different direction. Right. Your garden has doesn't have a black hole in it. <laughs> no. It's a perfectly acceptable garden. It's... Still full of lots of things that I'm trying to grow and not really doing as well as I would hope for because I'm just not that great a gardener. But it's still growing something that is hopefully not weeds. That's a really good analogy. (laughs) (laughs) 
Cool. Um, so off off of the podcast, you were mm-hmm. uh, mentioning to me a quote weird ass gender situation. Yeah. Want to um, want to chat about it? Yeah. Got another mood board. So it's less of a mood board and more um, the only time I can really make any progress on my gender identity or expression or any sort of internal discourse is at four o'clock in the morning when I'm trying to get to sleep. Ooh, yeah. Only time I have tried to work it out at like reasonable hours when I'm not actively trying to get rest so I can do the thing I wanted to do the next day. Mm. But yeah. Jen is not here to say that that is a big mood for her, so I'll just fill in the blanks. That's a big mood for Jen. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think part of my difficulty is there really isn't a lot of discussion on what it's like to identify yourself as cis Mm -hmm. because you kind of stumble upon other discussions, but there's not necessarily a sense of like dysphoria contributed to it, which is usually a big pointing sign of something here isn't quite right. Mm Mm-hmm. Not that it's wrong, right. but it could be better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never interacted with any sort of gender dysphoria. And so it becomes a question of, as I've sat down and worked it through, I do not care about my gender identity. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't tend to have heavy preference on my pronouns. I don't feel like they, them is a good fit. Mm-hmm. But I've also never quite found any pronoun where I've been able to point at it and say that either. Mm. And eventually it came to me why I didn't care about gender identity is because I care about my gender expression. Um, I happen to be a femme to high femme person. And as long as I can dress and interact in the ways that I can, um, I, I'm pretty happy, and it's part of the reason why I don't have a consistent wardrobe is a lot of days I wake up and I figure out what I feel like wearing that day. How do I want to present myself? Mm-hmm. And so the reason why this is a mess is I'm kind of at the point, it's the reason why I wish there was some sort of cis resource for identifying that you are in fact cis. Because I can't tell if I don't care about my gender identity because I actually don't care about my gender identity. Or if it's my privilege of being cis that allows me to negate that kind of experience Mm. within myself. Because I'm allowed to express myself in the way I happen to do in a way that conforms to society. And so no one gets angry at me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not a, there's no easy answer for that either. Like it's, um, especially with something like internal, like a gender identity, like you can't point, like you can't go to a doctor and they'll be like, ah, here it is. (laughs) I I would really hope one day we did because then it would be able to like actually get people the medical care that they need in order to be content in themselves. I mean, there, there's there been yeah. attempts and none of them have gone good so far, but we'll no. just uh, love, the, no. love for a perfect system to show up. Um, yeah, I would, I would love for um, there to be more resources in general for um, cisgender people to um, 
explore and experiment with and, like, learn more about, like, their identity and stuff like that because um, I, I've mentioned before that, like, I feel like um, that is, like, something that is taken for granted. Like, cis people don't, like, if somebody knows for sure that they are, in fact, the gender they were assigned at birth, mm -hmm. um, they don't necessarily feel like they have to explore that. They just know, like, I'm a man or I'm a woman and stuff like that. And it's like, they they don't have to think about, like, what it is in them that, like, makes them a man. They're not out here making mood boards like we are. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, and it's it's tough, too, because, like, there's not a lot of, like, landmarks for sure that state like oh this means that you are transgender like not every transgender uh sorry not every transgender person has like dysphoria like not every trans person wants like uh surgery not every like mm -hmm. there is no singular trans experience to hang one's coat on you just eventually figure out or not that you are not the gender you were assigned at birth it seems pretty consistently part of the difficulties we have with these discussions mm -hmm. is at some point during whatever was going on with society's construction, we made these things and then we stopped discussing the fact that we made our gender assumptions. Mm -hmm. And then from there, it kind of all fell out that you had to conform. It was an innate thing. It was not literally a social construct. It was definitely interesting reading a lot of Greek plays uh, in college where we literally saw the creation of the city-state and how all of these roles were purely constructed in order to make it so that people would have an extended social network mm -hmm. and ways that they were interdependent on each other. And now we look at most of these classics and are still assuming the fact that everyone knew what their gender roles were and what a family was and what a city was, which is weird when they're literally discussing that in the play. Yeah. The, the rules wouldn't have even had, like, the gender and, like, our Western views of what gender and things like that wouldn't have happened, like, unless, like... Unless we had, like, the history of colonization that we did. Like, it's yeah. obvious that not every civilization has or had the gender roles that we have today. Like, Oh, they flat out don't. They, yeah. Like, there's no reason that we should have, like, cisgender or transgender because, like, then that assumes a society in which we assign a gender based on what somebody's genitals look like. And... That has not happened across the board. It has not happened in history. We just made that and then decided that anybody who doesn't adhere to that is, like, barbaric and cast that out. Yeah, which is also weird because one of my favorite examples of people breaking the binary model is in Northern Europe, where you had people assumed to be women who, at some point, made a societal decision that they were now going to be men for the purposes of society. Mm -hmm. And while there were some hard bargains where like, they couldn't get married, they wouldn't have children, things like that, mm -hmm. under the eyes of the law, 
they were now men, they could own property, they were self-sufficient farmers, and you mm-hmm. have these entire villages of these men who support each other, and it was acceptable, and it was considered part of society, and this was a decision that you could have. Right. And so we have those models, and then we also just forget about we have these models within our own Western canon. Yeah. Like, there's no consistent human interaction with gender, so let's just make our interactions with gender good. Like, why do we have these garbage interactions with gender? Let's just make better ones. It's nothing. We can just do that. (laughs) Um, What is something that you would like to tell cisgender heterosexual people for the very last time, and then you never, ever, ever have to hear about it again? So I probably have been pointing toward this for a while. Um, I, I wish people would just talk about their relationships, not even, like, romantic or sexual, even though, like, people need to have those discussions and they're not having those discussions. Mm-hmm. You, you, you need to talk about what you want. But there's a recurrent problem where people have their own assumptions about what a relationship should be in whatever form, be it professional, be it platonic, be it romantic. Mm-hmm. And then they don't take the time to realize that other people might want or need other things. And the only way they can get what they need, they assume, is if the other person gives them exactly what they know to be the reality. Mm -hmm. And it would be really nice if we could stop that and, like, (laughs) again, talk and figure the stuff out. Because it definitely would be a lot easier to be ace and aro or even have our discussions if it was acceptable to have the discussion of what we wanted in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And like, even more basically, it's not healthy to try to force your will upon other people. It's a really bad setup for so many bad things. Mm-hmm. So like, talk. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, like, so much of that happens because there is, like, the worldview that, like, this is how life happens eventually. Like, you fall in love, get married, all that stuff. Um, And, like, then we see a lot of times in, like, media, like, shows, films, and things like that, where it's, like, the mindset is, like, if you want a type of relationship, like, and this happens in, like, rom-coms all the time, where, Mm -hmm. like, you want this type of relationship with that person, the person doesn't reciprocate. You keep pressing the issue. Eventually you get your way. And it's like... No, don't do that. Don't do that. The person has communicated with you what they want. Do that. Or compromise. Like, there might be something that they are willing to... Like, the grudge. Yeah. Or but- I, that's not even the right term. They're not upset. There are specific ways maybe up like they'll be able to find time for that second date in a mm-hmm. week that they originally didn't think that they were going to be able to do yeah because you do it on their terms you come over you don't make it dramatic you just like co-work while eating takeout food right. <laughs> that can also be a date it doesn't have to be super fancy it's finding this common ground mm-hmm. um and yeah what's even worse about the rom-com is most of the time i've seen issues with these discussions 
It stems from people, again, seeing media, not identifying with the media, but because it's in media, we assume it has to be the reality. Mm -hmm. So the end result is they end up pushing their version because it must correlate with the media that they've seen because we're not allowed to have these discussions. Yeah. Um, And you already have telephone effect going into play there. Everyone knows telephone effect doesn't work. It's just a really bad setup. Telephone effect as in? As in the game where you pass a message from Uh, person to person. Oh, (laughs) And you start off with white elephant and you end with banana split. Yep, yep, yep. Um, Plus, like, there's not a lot of, like, say, A-star arrow representation in media anyway, so, like, hard to tell that that's an option that somebody can have in their life. Or when you do, it's a case of uh, going back to this idea of, like, queering everything. Mm -hmm. There is a relationship category known as platonic queer, where you're platonic, but also more than just platonic. It just doesn't fall into quite anything else either. Mm Mm-hmm. And we don't end up seeing a lot of those kind of relationships or when you do, you have pretty much every single queer community trying to put themselves on it. So I'm thinking of like the classic case of like the two really close girl roommates Mm -hmm. who are clearly lesbian, and why are they dating other people? They just need to date themselves. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I think <laughs> most of us can relate to doing that because the guys they keep on throwing onto whatever kind of sitcom show that they have are just terrible, and the women are not well-written either, but at least they're not perpetuating to- toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. So date the poorly written women instead yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's been this podcast's lifelong goal to fix media, so this just goes right into that. <laughs> All right, uh, so Anne, what is on your gay agenda? Uh, short term, hopefully getting into medical school so that we can start fixing some of the things that are broken when it comes to queer representation within legislature and medical care and all that type of stuff. I said that was short-term, didn't I? <laughs> I mean, you did, but a short-term, like, what if you what if you solve transphobia in a year? That'd be great. <laughs> I think too many people carry a little bit too much baggage. So, you know, maybe over the decade. Maybe a year and a half. You're, no, yeah. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. I, I only wish it was so easy to adapt some of these habits. Yeah, um, for sure. But yeah, it it would it'd be nice to I'd sure appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Anything else or that's your your main thing? It's it's what I got at this point. I'm kind of like that that's the thing that's primarily serving as my roadblock at this point to like actually being able to do what I want to do. Well, I um, think it's terrific. Yeah. We'll definitely put that on the gay agenda. Uh, so, at this point, Jen, uh, usually leads us on a game. Um, I can't do that, but I did just get a message from her, so, um, maybe we'll learn more about what it is she's doing right now. This is all in caps lock. Uh, (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Sent via gay carrier pigeon. 
Dear CJ and Anne, stop. I am reporting back with intel from the front. Stop. I am deep undercover amongst the straits. Today we went to Gelson's to pick up a cake for a gender reveal party. No. Oh no. No. Tonight Susan says we're going to watch Dear John. Oh boy. I'm not sure how much longer I can hold out. Attached is a list of queer recipes. If you could please decipher them and send them back, perhaps they will bring me some respite. Respite? Respite. Respite. Thank you. Some respite in these trying and heterocentric times. Thank you and keep fighting the good fight. Stop. Jen. So it's it started being a telegram at the beginning and then sort of petered out until the end. But it does seem as if they have in fact attached a few recipes. Okay. What I'm going to do is I'm going to read off the ingredients mm-hmm. to the recipe and... All of the recipes will have a title that is part common recipe that we have and part, like, queer pun. Okay. So, like, like a gaggle instead of a bagel. Something like that. So, I'm going to read off these ingredients. Mm-hmm. Try to think about their real-life counterpart. And then queer. make it gay. All right. So, recipe number one. Tequila. Orange liqueur. Lime juice. A love for the same gender, garnish with salt and a rainbow flag. Mm. So we have tequila, mm-hmm. orange juice. Did I get that right? Or orange liqueur. Oh, orange uh, liqueur. I know in the real life counterparts, I I know the answer. Um, in the real life counterparts that I've had, I usually don't use orange liqueur. Like it's sort of like a lime beverage, which I guess why the lime juice is in there. But like, I will say that the Salt garnish is usually around the rim. Yeah, I, I know it's a margarita. I'm just not sure how to make that gay. Um, well, you're on the right track. Margarita? Make I mean, you're pretty uh, close. Margarita. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah. Margay- <laughs> That's a little bit hard. Yeah. Jen, Jen sort of throws some uh, stinkers out there. I love okay. her. Um, all right. Recipe number two. Flour tortilla. Rice. Cheese, beans, uh, the poet Sefo's blessing, and to be served to two women who love women. Ah. All right. So it's a, I'm also really amused all of these are like Mexican food items. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that, I haven't read ahead, but the trajectory so far seems to be a lot of yeah. uh, Mexican food. Uh, she did note that um, the reason that she came up with a recipe-specific mm-hmm. game was that in your initial email to yeah. us, you said your gay agenda was more like a recipe. And yes. they apparently found this delightful. I, I'm totally okay with that. I really enjoy cooking. My issue I'm currently dealing with is, are we talking about a burrito or an enchilada? I'm thinking a burrito. Okay. It's a burrito, and it has something to Granted do with... Granted a somewhat plain burrito. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was hoping for a little bit more salsa or maybe some guac on it. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, this is this is straight people recipes, so like, I don't know. That that would that would explain it. Yes. Maybe. Yeah. I, I, I have had the sprudo. <laughs> um, yeah. So how how do we? We have Sappho, and we we have, have women loving women for the gay part of it. Uh, I'm just thinking of games now. And so it, my mind completely went off track. Um, there's a game about uh, lesbian snake women's. 
Okay. Uh, kindly referred to as love mistakes. Okay. <laughs> yes. And so as a result, now I'm just trying to think of burrito and how do we get lesbian steaks with this? All right. Uh, as somebody who knows the answer, the word lesbian will come into play here. Uh-huh. And you are correct. It's a burrito. Yes. I'm so stumped. I'm so bad at puns. I can give you the answer if you like. Okay. It is a lesbian burrito. Like lesbian. Oh. Huh. Yeah, these recipes are really like a Bob's Burgers approach to yeah. food titles. All right. I need to be a little bit more full on. All right. All right. Final one. Okay. Hot water, a packet of Earl Grey, scalding gossip, lemon and sugar to taste, make sure to spill amongst your queer friend circles. <laughs> um... How are, we, how are we making a hot toddy about gossip? I thought a hot toddy was alcoholic. Is this one not? Is it just uh, iced Hot tea? water, Earl Grey pack. It's hot water, so. Oh. Why did I assume there was alcohol in it? <laughs> <laughs> well, we did have a margarita, so yeah, like, to your credit. Okay. Hot water, Earl Grey packet, scalding gossip, lemon and sugar to taste. Make sure to spill amongst your queer friend circles. This one's less a pun and more just a title for, like, a, a slang term. Ice tea? The tea. The tea. Okay. Like spilling the tea. Yeah. Like gossip. I, I was familiar with there's something going on there with, like, tea gossip slang. Ah, uh, yeah. I just couldn't. Do you not know about spilling the tea? I'm not familiar with that phrase, no. Oh, really? No. It's, it's like, I, I mean, it's what it sounds You're just... You're, you're gossiping. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, all right, we figured out the recipes, and we could send these back to Jen mm-hmm. while they watch Dear John, which sounds like a night from hell, but Sounds like those shows I was talking against just minutes ago. Yeah. My high school friend and I used to watch rom-coms all the time, and there was not a moment where I was like, oh, I actually enjoy this one. Thank you. I mean, I can think of a couple ones that I enjoy, but most of the time it's because they uh, don't follow the basic formula, or there's something about it that's, like, scandalous, Mm. such as, like, I think there was one of them that was, like, very, very close to, like, swinging or being poly, or polyamorous. Mm. Yeah, and, like, that was a decent one because people ended up talking about relationships, (laughs) man wouldn't that be something to aspire toward (laughs) can you imagine there have been some times where i'm watching media and like i always do the thing where i'm watching media and i'm like i decided that character's gay because Uh like you don't have a choice there's nothing but then like sometimes i'll be like ha that character's gay and then they are gay and they say it and i'm like what i can't believe it just as long as that is not a punchline and that is just part of the character yeah because I am also very tired of, this person is gay. That's the punchline. And it's like... <laughs> That's the joke. I Cool. <laughs> D- that doesn't make me feel self-conscious at all. Yeah, no, hate that. Uh, cool, so thank you so much for chatting with me, Anne. Um, did you have any social media that you wanted people to follow? Um, I can be found if you like my random thoughts about game design and pro-social design. You can find me on... Twitter as underscore M-N-G-W-A underscore, pronounced Mingwa. All yeah, right. Yeah, it's, it's an actual 
like, possibly historically significant cat. Huh. Yeah. Is the People cat have, cute? Uh, more like a uh, killer man-eater. All right. I mean, I at least support their cause. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. terrific. <laughs> Great. If you need Jen's social media stuff, you can just listen to all of our other episodes. It's some variation on Glitter Goblin. I forget which times they put a period or an underscore. Uh, but in any case, you can find uh, this podcast on iTunes if you're already there. Rate and subscribe and all that good stuff. You can find us on Facebook at My Gay Agenda Investigative Podcast. Twitter at Gay Agenda Cast. Uh, we're on Patreon. Go ahead and uh, follow us for like a buck a month. And in terms, we will give you uh, just some some fun content. Like Jen will draw a thing or I'll do some other type of podcast about a completely different subject. Uh, usually movies. Uh, so, yeah. Thank you so much for chatting with me, Anne. And uh, Jen... Godspeed on your harrowing journey. Um, oh my gosh, I had to do the sign-off too. Oh, I am so lost <laughs> without Jen. Um, until next time, put this on your gay agenda. Fight the power. Love yourself. Go get yourself a creative soda. And that's our gay agenda. That's our gay agenda. That's